What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we'll talk about how to pick a new sports book. For those of you guys wanting to get involved with more books, with a sports book, we'll talk about how you should go about picking the best one for you. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, hopefully the sound and everything is okay today. It is our first day using a, a brand new setup here in the studio. So we got some new mixers, some new equipment, and I'm trying to get to know this stuff. So hopefully everything sounds okay today. If not, give it a day or two. I apologize. But on today's show, we'll talk about how to pick a new sports book. Obviously, sports betting becoming legal throughout the United States of America. If you are looking at getting involved with a new sports book, we'll tell you the process, or at least the process we recommend for how you should choose that new sports book. And as we always talk about on the show, guys, I recommend that you have multiple outs, that you have multiple sports books that you can go to, because then you can start really making money by creating your own lines, uh, comparing lines off of other books, always taking the cheapest price, so on and so forth. But uh, on today's show, it doesn't matter whether you're looking to sign up for your first sports book or you're looking to add a book. These are the steps that I would recommend following if you're going to sign up for a new sports book. Step number one, and this probably goes without being said, make sure the sports book is available in your state because what we're going to be talking about today is strictly legal gambling, strictly in-state things that are allowed uh, set up within the state. Now, this is actually touchy because I have heard and I've read that now in states where it's legal, you are allowed to be betting offshore. So do your homework, find out what the rules are in your state. But the first thing is, Find out if you can bet on these sports books. You don't want to sign up for a sports book that is not allowed in your state. And certainly, if we have people listening in in Oregon, in Iowa, there are much more strict regulations in those states, and those are just examples, than there are anywhere else in the country. So, number one, make sure that you can bet with a certain sports book in your state. All right, let's move on to number two, because... I wouldn't normally have this as number two, but this weekend, I went to uh, my sister's wedding. My sister got married this weekend. Uh, It was a really good time. Got to see some people who I haven't seen in a while, meet some new people, and naturally, a lot of my conversations ended up going in the direction of sports betting. (laughs) And one thing that I found was that overwhelmingly, I mean, almost everybody who I talked to, and they were all, of course, recreational bettors, they all talked about the bonuses. Oh, I signed up with this sports book. Man, a great bonus. Or, you know, oh, this sports book. They're always offering bonuses, so on and so forth. And it's funny because I am so, I have been so disconnected from that world for so long that you sort of forget, you know, when you're surrounded by the same thing all the time. I mean, the, the only people who I usually talk to all the time about sports betting and have real conversations with are people who think like I do, who don't take the bonuses. I mean, it's, it's so funny. You know, bonuses, that's like the last thing I look for when we're when I'm signing up for a sports book. But this isn't about professional bettors. I understand that. that. That's kind of the turn this show's taken recently. This show started off and I was talking to my fellow pros. But over the last couple of months, it's like, no, we need to talk to to everyone else betting out there. The other 98% of people betting, right? And for most of you guys betting out there, bonuses are a big deal. So here's what you do. Go up online and look at some bonus reviews or go to their individual website, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, whoever it's going to be, and see what they offer for bonuses. 
Now, here's the numbers you're going to want to look for when looking at bonuses. The most important number is the rollover. So let me explain to you a rollover. Let's say a book own a book offers a 100% bonus, maybe up to 500 bucks. So if you put in $500, they'll match that 500. And before you know it, you'll have $1,000 in your account, 500 cash and 500 bonus money. Well, you need to check what the rollover requirement is to take that money out because here's how bonuses work. Let's say in our example, you put in 500 and you have 500 cash and you get back 500 in bonus money for $1,000 total. Well, what a lot of sports books will do is they will say there's now a 20 times rollover on the bonus money. So that $500, you now have to bet $10,000 just to get any money out. Okay, so that's how they get you is the, it seems like they're giving you a quote free $500, but they know because they've done the math. They understand how the data works over the course of betting that 10,000 required dollars before you can take out your 500 or however much you want to take out the vast majority. Almost everybody will lose the money trying to bet what the, what the requirement is in rollovers to get that money out. Okay, so I gave an example of a 20 times rollover. That's pretty average. Some books offer 25 times rollovers. Some books offer a 10 times rollover. But you have to be sure to check what the rollovers are at these certain books. That is the most important thing. When you're looking for a bonus, you have to know what is the rollover. And guys, like I said, for me, I really don't use bonuses that much anymore. Now, I will say, if you're a winning better, bonuses aren't the worst thing in the world. They're really not that bad because you're the numbers say you're going to win anyway. So for my winning betters out there, you know, take the bonuses, understand what the rollovers are, and eventually you can cash out. But here's the thing, is most betters don't bet like that. Most betters look at that as free money, but then they have to hit that rollover requirement, so you're going to lose that money. I, when I'm signing up, I don't do bonuses anymore. Now, I am a winning sports better. You may say, why don't you take that free money and just roll it over? The reason I do, or I don't take bonuses, is because I like to be able to take my money in and out freely. I like to do so when I choose. I don't want any any government, any, any business. I don't want any fucking person to tell me what I can do with my money. Okay? So, for that reason, I'm not going to put in, and let's use soft numbers here because I don't want to give everything away for what I do or how much money I'm betting, things like that. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, I put $5,000 in an account, okay? Well, they're not going to bonus up to $5,000. That's a lot of money. They may give me a bonus on, let's say, $1,000 of that, okay? So if I'm applying for a bonus and I put in $5,000, they'll say, okay, we'll match $1,000 with bonus money. So I now have $6,000 in my account, the $5,000 cash and $1,000 bonus money. Well, of that $1,000 bonus money, if I have a 20 times rollover, that's now $20,000. I don't want to be on the hook to have to bet 20K just to get some money out. I like, I like trading. I like taking money out during the day. I like putting money in during the day. I like using these accounts as open cash flows. I like to almost look at these accounts as an extended checking account for me, okay? So... For a pro better, for someone like me, I don't like bonuses because I don't want to be on the hook to spend however much, 20000 15000 even 10000 if it's a 10 times rollover with any given casino or sports book. I, I hate being on the hook for that. So I just ignore the bonuses. I can't remember the last time I took a bonus because I like my money to be in there and let's not muddy things up with the, with the house money or the rollovers. But if you like the bonuses, if you're one of those, if you're like the 98% of other betters, which is 
Good. That's normal. It's 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 what you're looking to do, right? But if you're looking to put $100 in, make a couple live bets here or there, make that money last for a couple weeks, then use the bonuses, okay? Just understand what you're doing when you sign up for them because I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who go who had no idea. You know, who go, "Oh my god, I just, you know, I took the money. I thought it was going to be a, a $300, you know, a free 300 bucks." That's how a lot of people look at it. Wait, I put in 300, I get 300 back. That's free $300. Well, not necessarily, because the expected value of you gambling the rollover is always going to be negative. Like, the books are always going to expect to make that money back. But, again, if you guys are putting a couple dollars in there, you're putting 100 bucks in there, you want to bet on your favorite team, you want to maybe live bet some golf, fine. Know what the bonuses are, know what the rollover is, and know how much they're going to bonus. Are they going to bonus 25% of your deposit? Are they going to bonus 100% of your deposit? And then what are their limits? Do they bonus up to 500, up to 1,000, up to 5,000? So know what they'll bonus in your account and especially know what's the rollover once you get that quote unquote free money. All right, let's move on to number three when picking a new sports book. And this one is underrated. Check out the interface. What that pretty much means is see how easy it is to navigate the website. This is really underrated. What you're going to want when you have a book that, that, that you're using uh, consistently is to be able to get in, find the game you're looking for, and quickly get a bet down. I mean, this is sort of like day trading with stocks. Once you decide you're going to bet a game and you decide you like it at a certain number, you want to make that bet as soon as possible. You don't want to wait around. And if you're part of a sports book, which I've seen plenty of these, where you get in and you can't find the games because it's so difficult to navigate the website, that's going to hurt you over the long run. So make sure it's a good website you can navigate. I prefer websites that have search bars so you can search for the team or league and quickly pull it up. Um, so, so look at the interface. It's a really big deal. How, how, how good is the setup online? How good are the apps? And by the way, we did a FanDuel versus DraftKings show uh, a couple weeks ago. Go find it if you're looking for the differences in FanDuel and DraftKings. And I would like to add to that, I'm probably going to redo the show here in a, in a week or two, a new sportsbook review. But I want to add to that the mobile apps. DraftKings mobile app is far and above the best domestic betting app that I've seen. And by domestic, I mean books that exist in America or that are legal in America. Not Pinnacle, not Bookmaker, not Bovada, but things like FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. The best app out there is certainly DraftKings. It's easy to navigate, very easy to use. You can get to your games quickly. You see your bet slip easily. I love the DraftKings uh, app, so I just wanted to throw that out there. But make sure whatever, whatever app, website, sportsbook you're looking to sign up with, Look around a little bit. Search a little bit. See if, how easily you can find the games. See how quickly you can find the games. See how the live betting menus are. Is it easy? Is it complicated? And that's going to help you decide whether you like the interface or not. All right, number four. Do they have your sports? Now, this is probably not going to apply to uh, everybody listening because mo some people listening like to bet college football. Some of you guys like to bet the NBA and the NFL. That's fine. Every sports book in the world is going to have NFL lines. But if you're like me and you're like some of my listeners and you like to bet different soccer leagues, make sure that they actually offer your soccer leagues. My best sport, my single most profitable sport is the second tier of English soccer, the EFL. Well, did you guys know that FanDuel doesn't even offer EFL lines? I mean, they don't even touch them. And did you know that DraftKings offers EFL lines, but not live? 
So these are very important things. If I just signed up for FanDuel or DraftKings Sportsbook and didn't know this, I would be wildly disappointed <laughs> when I wanted to go place a bet on some EFL team and I realized, oh, wow, not only does FanDuel not even acknowledge the sport exists, I can't make a bet anywhere. Oh, well, DraftKings, never mind. I can get a bet down on DraftKings. But once those games go live, no more. So know what sports certain books offer. If you like to bet soccer, if you like to bet tennis, if you like to bet golf, go and check and see, do these books offer the sports I like to bet? Because the answer is not always yes. So that's important. Do they have the sports you like to bet? Number five, and this is the most important thing for a professional better, maybe not as important for a recreational better, but this is something that everyone should know how to do and everyone should notice. What is the household? Whenever I mention household to everybody, an eyebrow goes up because no, most people really don't know what, what does that mean, household? Well, how can I calculate household? How can I search for that myself? The average game, that many of you are used to betting, whether it's the NFL or NBA, is minus 110. Right? You bet with the spread. Let's say the Patriots are seven-point favorites over the Broncos. If you want to take the Patriots minus seven, you pay 110 to win 100. If you want to take the Broncos plus seven, you pay 110 to win 100. You're always paying 110 to win 100. Well, what would happen if a sports book suddenly decided they wanted to charge minus 120 on each side, not 110? Then, if you take the Broncos, you're paying 120 to win 100. If you take the Patriots, you're also paying 120 to win 100. You see what I'm saying? The household has now increased double. It's now doubled, essentially. So, you want to do your homework and make sure you know what the average household is for every bet. And I'll let you guys know how to do that right now. Go to a website called aceodds.com. That's A-C-E-O-D-D-S, aceodds.com. And on that website, you're going to find the odds converter, okay? I would save this, bookmark this, make sure you can get back to this page because I go to this page several, you know, a dozen times a day. You guys should learn this webpage, understand it, go to it whenever you can to calculate the household. What you're going to do is type into the, uh, there's different bars up top where you can type things. You're simply going to type into the American section because these are American lines we're talking about. The, the lines. So if you have, let's use our Broncos Patriots example. If the Broncos are plus seven, minus 110, all you do is type in minus 110 to the American line. That's going to give you the percentage, the break-even percentage for the Broncos. And then you're going to type in minus 110 once again for the Patriots, okay? You're just typing in the American odds for each team. Then you're adding up what the break-even percentage is. So if you type in minus 110, that equals 52.4%. Well, it's minus 110 for the Broncos and the Patriots. So each team has a 52.4% chance of breaking even. If you add those up, 52.4 plus 52.4, that equals 104.8. Okay? 104.8, a 4.8% hold. Because once you get the number 104.8, however many numbers it is above 100, that is the percent household. So typically, you want the number to add up to around 105 or so. Because that would be typical. That would be average. That would be standard. The typical household is roughly 5%. So if you add it up and get 105%, that's a good, or that's at least a decent bet that you're betting into. That's a decent hold that you're betting into. So let's, let, let's do a, a kind of a hypothetical here. And let's use BetMGM 
as our example because BetMGM is a website that I used for a long time. And I stopped using them recently because they have jacked up their prices and they've started charging a whole lot. Okay, so we're going to use a BetMGM line here. Okay, so this was a real, th th these are actually typical lines offered all the time on BetMGM. You'll get minus 112 on one side and minus 125 on the other side. So let's just uh, start here, minus 112. That's going to be a break-even percentage of 52.8%. And then we'll do minus 125. That's 55.6%. So that BetMGM, that, that and what you'll get, that's, that's typically a line that BetMGM will offer live. So any other website, they're offering minus 110, minus 110. Well, BetMGM will often offer minus 112, minus 125, right? The favor to be minus 125, the underdog, quote unquote, will be minus 112. That adds up to an 8.4% household. Okay, because again, uh, 55.6 plus 52.8 equals 108.4. Therefore, we have an 8.4% household. That's almost double what the average household should be. So what you're doing now is effectively betting into a line in a market where you're going to make back substantially less money than you should, and you're going to spend substantially more money than you should on any given investment. See, what happens is, this is easy to ignore because you like a team, you want to get the bet down. The, 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 it's not always easy to notice, especially the further away you get from 100. If it's minus 300 plus 225, how do you know that shouldn't be minus 300 plus 250 or whatever, right? It, it's harder to notice the bigger the numbers get. But you have to understand that what happens here is the book simply makes a lot more money over the long run because when they win, they're paying out pretty much the same amount, if not even a little bit less. And now when you lose, they're making double what they would have made before. The fact that sports books can do this and charge whatever price they want to pretty much at a whim is ridiculous. I mean, there's no regulation in this industry. So with no regulation, you guys have to be the ones trying to regulate everything and notice what's going on. So if you're betting into a sports book that consistently offers 8.4, 8.5, 9, 10% households, you're never going to win. If I were to strictly bet with BetMGM, I don't care what winning percentage I have, I, I'm likely to not win at all. And I'm a winning sports better. I, you know, I, I consistently win month after month. It's how I pay my bills. But I promise you, if I only bet at BetMGM, I would have to get a different job. <laughs> I would not be able to win because those households are too steep to overcome. So know what the household is. I know this show today is for uh, the, the recreational sports bettors, okay? But still, I wanted to put that out there because to me, that's the most important thing. What is the household? What is any given sports book charging on top of what they should be charging? And you guys need to know that too. So... Do yourself a favor before you sign up for a sports book. Go look, go calculate for yourself a couple households. Go do some average games. If you like to bet the MLB, which is starting later this week, go see what the lines are right now. Go total up the, the, the households for the Yankees Nationals game. Go see what they're offering for the first five innings. Now, typically, what you'll find is the major markets like a baseball money line or the NFL, those are always going to be pretty much 4.8%, uh, right? I highly doubt BetMGM is going to start charging minus 115 on each side for the NFL. But what they do is get sneaky, and it'll be every other bet. The derivatives, the props, every other bet will now be a 10% hold. But the main bets that everyone's going to be looking at is going to be the typical hold, just so they don't 
it doesn't seem like they're trying to get away with anything. But do yourself a favor. If you're going to sign up for a new book, go look right now. Search and see what their derivatives and props are. Because I promise you, once you start looking, you're going to find a lot of households that exceed 9 or 10%, which is just, in my opinion, stealing. And guys, this works for multi-way markets too. Not just uh, you know games where you have two outcomes, Broncos, Patriots. If you have a soccer game and you want to calculate the three-way money line, you know whether it's uh, Liverpool, Man City, or the tie, right? Now, there's three lines. There's going to be the Man, uh, the Man City money line, the Liverpool money line, and you can bet on the, the draw as well, the tie. So what do you do to calculate the household? You just add up all three of those numbers. Whatever it is above 100, that's the percentage of household. You can use this for multi-way markets like uh, uh, first touchdown score in a game or first goal score, right? Things where you can bet on so a lot of different people. I mean, in the NFL, if you bet on first touchdown score, there's like 25 people you can pick from. The receivers on each team, the the running backs on each team. They'll give a random defensive uh, defensive player. They'll have the field bet in there. And what what my point is, is that you can calculate the household for all these. Just add up. If, if the favorite for first touchdown score, and I'm just using a, a random name here, is Julian Edelman, and he's the favorite at let's say. Uh, plus 400, because if there's 20 guys to choose from, the favorite's probably going to be around, you know, plus 400 or so. So if the favorite is plus 400, well, you just start there. Okay, Julian Edelman plus 400 to catch a touchdown. So you type in plus 400 to the American section in the ace odds, odds converter. Well, 400, and we'll do this real quickly just to kind of walk through this example with you guys. Let's pull up our ace odds converter right now. Okay, so 400 equals a 20% break-even percentage. So you just jot down 20%, and you go on to the next touchdown score. Let's say it's another receiver on the Patriots, and he is plus 450. Well, plus, four, plus 450's break-even percent is 18.2. So you write down 18.2%, and you do this for every outcome, every person you can bet on. And you total those numbers up. Whatever those numbers numbers equal, above 100 is the household. And what you guys are going to start finding is that they completely steal your fucking money. They completely rob you blind on these multi-way markets in a lot of different books. I'll stick with BetMGM because those are the well-known thieves I know in the industry. I mean, they just fucking, they're like the modern-day mafia. They don't care what they do. They'll just take your money. So BetMGM, I was calculating the household on a multi-way market. I forget exactly which soccer game it was, but it was for a first goal scorer in a soccer game. And me and my buddy who I work with, we went up and calculated the household. And the household, it added up to around roughly 250%, meaning the household was 150%. Guys, the average household should be 4.8 to 5%. Okay? Think about that. The average household is 5%. And bet MGM on this one multi-way market had a household of 150%. When you actually do the math and realize how much these books are stealing from you right in front of your eyes, it's it's astounding. But if you bet on the first goal score and you took a long shot at 10 to 1 and he didn't score, well, so what? You bet you bet 10 bucks to win 100, no big deal. But you know what that payout should have been? Probably 20 to 1. You know, you should have bet 10 bucks to win 2000 or or 200. So you now lost the bet. We understand that you would have lost either way, but if you would have won the bet, now the book is only paying you probably half of what they should have. 
So you can see how these books manipulate the households and how it doesn't really matter. It seems like they can be a great sports book, great bonuses, great odds boosts. Oh my gosh, they have so many lines. It's so easy to use. But then you don't notice on the back end, they're just taking your money. So be aware of that, guys. You know, I thought it was so funny how BetMGM came out last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, and there was this whole article and this whole press release about how MGM is going to step up their spending, and they're going to advertise just as much as DraftKings, and they want to be on TV just as much as FanDuel, and they're now a major player in the market. And I'm sitting here as a pro better going, what the fuck? That's not what they should be focused on. How about you focus on hiring people who can make better lines so you don't have to charge these crazy fees? I mean... BetMGM is focused on all the wrong things. They want to get customers, get customers, get customers, but then rip them off once they get them. And they're never going to keep customers if they do that. So it's crazy to me the approach some of these books are taking. And then it makes total sense some of the other books. Like DraftKings gets it, right? DraftKings understands they should be charging fair prices. They offer good boosts. I know the bonuses are good. They pretty much do everything good to get in, to get in betters, but then they keep you there. They offer good lines. They pay you out on time. They get everything that, that, that you're supposed to, to do if you're a good book. So that'll, that'll end my kind of rant on the household. But guys, know what the household is. Calculate it. Add it up for every bet that you make. Because if you're betting into a market that exceeds 6%, that's a bad, bad bet. Do not do that. And again, to, to kind of go one step further on using different sports books, let's say you are using BetMGM which never offers very good lines, but you have 10 other sports books that you're also using, well, what you can do is now synthesize your own lines by using different books. If one book has, in our example, let's say Broncos Patriots, one book has the Patriots uh, minus seven, but they're even money, okay? The lines move to where the Broncos are minus 120, but the Patriots are even money. Well, now you have the Patriots plus seven, even money, or excuse me, minus seven, even money on one website. And on a different website, maybe you can find the Broncos for even money because the Patriots have moved to minus 120. So now, just by the nature of you being able to bet on those two different websites, you have now created your own line. Broncos plus seven, even money. Patriots minus seven, even money. You see what I'm saying? So you can use different sports books to create your own household, to create your own lines and to synthesize your own hold. So that's why I think it's so important. If you guys are part of a sports book, join another one, join a couple other ones. So you can start looking at lines, comparing lines and always getting the best prices. All right. And last here uh, on the uh, picking a sports book checklist. The last thing I want to talk about is getting your money out. Uh, to do this, I would recommend look at some simple online reviews because if it's tough to get your money out, you're going to read about it. And I'll tell you right now, from the major domestic books, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, those seem to be the big three ones that a lot of people are talking about in America. Uh, of those three sports books, BetMGM is, uh, well, BetMGM has a kind of a weird way of getting your money out. You have to sign up for this one. Uh, I'd call it sort of a program to get your money and get your money out. Now, it's it's pro- pretty much easy once you get it done. For BetMGM, you have to put in your account number, your routing number, and it goes directly to your account. So that's nice. But just be sure that you sign up for the, the, the program. FanDuel also offers a very way to get your money out. So FanDuel and BetMGM are probably the easiest to get your money out, believe it or not. Uh, FanDuel offers direct deposits to your account as well, which is great. Now, DraftKings is a little bit different. I wish DraftKings offered direct deposit to your account, but they don't. Dra- DraftKings offers a couple different ways to get it out. Uh, I would say the easiest is probably PayPal. So if you guys have a PayPal account, they can 
distribute it through PayPal, which is probably the quickest and easiest. But despite Draft, uh, DraftKings being the best book overall, uh, they certainly you know kind of struggle when it comes to paying out, at least compared to the other books. But those are just three sports books: FanDuel, MGM, DraftKings. Type in online, look at some reviews, see if the sports book you want to start using has good reviews for uh, the payouts. Because I promise you guys, like I said. You'll hear about it online if people have had a bad experience with a certain sports book because that's the most important thing. Everyone takes your money well, right? Everyone will accept your money. It's about giving the money back when you won. How easy is that? Make sure you check because some sports books are quite a pain. So to go over the list again, number one, is a sports book available in your state? You need to double check that. Number two, what are the bonuses? How much are they going to offer you on the bonuses and what's the rollover? Number three, is the interface work? How do you like the website? Can you navigate games easy? Can you find the games you're looking to bet on? Number four, do they even have your sports? If you like to bet soccer like me, make sure they offer all the soccer leagues you like to bet on. Number five, what is the household for their for their bets? Go in on some derivatives, some props, some multi-way markets, see what they're charging for the household. And number six, look up the reviews. Are people money are people getting their money out easy? If so, if they check off all of those lists, or excuse me, all those numbers on the list, you have found a sports book that you can probably use. So thanks for listening to today's show. Good luck on whatever you're betting on out there, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.